0: We're finishing today in our series called Hedges, Hedges out of Job chapter 1, and in this series we've just looked at one verse, you know, out of the whole book of Job, isn't it interesting that, you know, I've just looked at one verse out of all of the nuggets, out of all of the wisdom, all of the teaching, all of the revelation that's in Job, uh, just this one verse uh, has catapulted and been the catalyst for a whole message series and there's so much just in this one verse you know we started out talking about hedges, and we, um, you know, we, we know that this, this theme of hedge, the hedge in the Bible talks about how God places a hedge around us to protect us from everything that the enemy brings against us, uh, you know, all of his intentions, all of his harm, all of his evil ways, all of his thoughts, all of that, God places this hedge around us, and what the Lord led me to do you know, there's only one hedge that God puts around us, but what he led me to do was to sort of break it down into uh, parts of that hedge. So we talked about like your your personal hedge. You know, that's you. That's everything that you're about. You have to protect yourself. You know, we, we know that this life is about others. It's about Jesus. It's about others and then yourself. But listen, if you don't have anything to give, you can't give, Right. You have to have something to give. You have to have something in your moral warehouse. You have to be, uh, you know, mentally sound in order to minister to someone who needs some help and feels like they're going crazy. Okay, you have to have something there. And so we must protect our personal hedge. We talked um, about the prayer hedge. All right. Listen, if you miss a day of praying, uh, God is not going to send you to hell. Okay, it's not like, well, you missed Thursday. So listen, you know, no, if if you miss a day of prayer. But all of a sudden, if you look up and you say all of a sudden, you know, I I forgot to pray on Thursday. And then Friday I was kind of too busy. And Saturday we had the ball game and all of that. I mean, I went to church on Sunday, uh, but I really didn't participate in the prayer because I had some other things on my mind. And all of a sudden it's Monday and you look back and it's been a week since you've even prayed. Well, guess what? There's a breach that's beginning to open in your hedge. But the good news is that it's easily fixable. How do you fix the prayer hedge? Start praying. (laughs) Start praying today. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. See, the enemy will try to condemn you and say, well, you haven't prayed for a week. What good is it going to do to start today? Wow! Oh, now all of a sudden you need something from God, so now you're going to pray. That's that's what the enemy's going to throw at you, and you know what you say? Yeah, I know. I do need something from God, and I am going to pray, because He's a good, good Father. Yes, and uh, so we can we can fix this breach in our hedge, this prayer hedge, and then we talked about the relational hedge, the relationship hedge. Listen. Out of all the things that we want to accomplish in life, you know, climb the corporate ladder, uh, pay off our house, uh, you know, everyone in our families doing well and whatever it is that we want to accomplish in life. Uh, the bottom line, when the rubber meets the road, you know, and all of those cliches that you want to come up with uh, when it all comes down to it, it's really about relationships. That's why we're here, folks. That's why we're here. We're, we're not here just for the money. The money, the money gets us there. The money is necessary, and it gets us to where we need to go. It's a vehicle, and we must look at it like a necessary vehicle. God has placed it there for us. Yes, he said, I would that you prosper even as your soul prospers. Okay. So God wants us to get there. These are vehicles, but it's really about the relationships that we have with each other. And so we must protect that relational hedge. We can't have a hedge around us and say, look, I'm in my hedge. I'm doing my thing. I don't know what you guys are doing out there with your hedge, but I got my hedge. And as long as I got my hedge, everything is all right. Guess what? Everything is not all right. It's not all right. We must interact with each other because you have a hedge around you doesn't mean that that separates you from others, the hedge is there to protect you against Satan, not against each other. Hmm. That's why we have to take care of each other. That's why we got to be careful not to offend. And if we do apologize, we have to do all of those things. So the relational hedge is important. And I just want to, speak to you for a few moments this morning about uh, what I think is probably one of the most important parts of the hedge. And the reason I say that is because I don't think that we realize this part of the hedge is even there. And that is the favor hedge, the favor hedge. There is a hedge of favor about each and every one of us. God has favor upon us. And see, favor often shows up sometimes in hard times because we know when the good times are around, we can say, "How you doing, Brother James? Well, I'm blessed and highly favored. Everything's going well. My 40 K is, four hundred one K is up there." You know, my wife is not mad at me today. The grass is cut. I had a nice uh, steak dinner yesterday. Everybody's happy. You know, my kids are doing well. I heard from, they even called me yesterday. And uh, so everything is beautiful. Of course, I'm blessed and highly favored. But the favor head shows up when things are coming against you a lot of times and we don't recognize it. We don't speak it out of our mouth. You have favor about you. And it, and it doesn't have to do with the circumstances that are going on around you. See, a lot of times what we do is we look at the circumstances and we use those to judge if God has favor on us or not. But what you have to settle in your heart is the favor of God is resting upon you regardless of what's going on around you. See, when 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 Eldon and, and, and Tim and they fell into the ice, if if they would have said, oh, I don't know if God's favor is upon us, they may have never got out of the ice. But see, the young man was praying the whole time. Right. And so you, you realize, God, your favor is with me. That's what gets you through. That's what causes you to overcome. The favor of the Lord was on Jesus, the favor of his father. The favor of the Lord was on Peter when they walked on water in the midst of the storm. The circumstances were all around. But guess what? I am walking in favor and I can walk right through the storm no matter how bad it gets, no matter what comes against me, no matter what people say, no matter uh, what's going on all around me. I have the favor of the Lord. And we have to realize that. As I said last week, Satan knows it. Satan knows it. Job chapter 1 verse 10 puts it this way. Satan went before the Lord and God said, what you doing? What are you doing? He said, you know you know what I'm doing. I'm looking for some folks, uh, you know, with, with a breach in the hedge. See what I can do. And he said, what about Job? What about Job? Well, we know how the story goes. But look at Satan's response in Job chapter 1, verse 10. He said, have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, around all that he has on every side? You've blessed the work of his hands and his possessions and have increased in the land. His possessions have increased, not decreased. That's something to take note of right there. His possessions have increased. See, Satan saw something. Satan saw something about Job that Job may not have realized about himself. And likewise, Satan sees some things about you that you may not realize about yourself. The message version put it this way. It says, Satan retorted. So you think Job does all that out of the sheer goodness of his heart? Satan's an accuser, isn't he? You think he does that out of the goodness of his heart? Why, no one ever had it. So good. You pamper him like a pet, make sure nothing bad ever happens to him or his family or his possessions. You bless everything he does, he can't lose. And if we would realize that we're walking in the favor of the Lord, no matter what happens, can I just prophesy to you this morning? You can't lose you can't lose you cannot lose you can't lose and you might say oh come on brother Mike yeah you know well I I remember that time where I was out of money and I didn't know what was going to happen or that person talked about me or or, or this happened and that happened but what we do is we look at that and, and look at it as a failure we look at that as we're losing but you're not losing it's just an obstacle to come over it's an obstacle to get over if you're, if you're playing a sport, uh, don't think that there's not going to be any obstacles in your way to scoring the points. You got to get through the obstacles and, and life throws obstacles at us. The enemy throws obstacles at us, but that doesn't mean you lose. If you, if you walk out there on the football field, and you say, all right, guys, we're going to do this. We're going to score a touchdown. Come on, we can do this. And all of a sudden, the defense comes, and you go, oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Nobody told me that there was going to be defense. All right, we were supposed to come out here and score touchdowns. That's what coach told us in practice. And when we practiced, there was no defense. I just went back. I threw the ball. Lou caught the ball, and he walked into the end zone, and we were all happy. And now, all of a sudden, we're playing the game, and there's defense. Yes, there's defense, but it doesn't mean you lose. You just have to play. And the way we play is on our knees, praying, and most of all, speaking to the situation. Understanding that we have favor and that we're walking in favor, and that's what we're saying. That's what comes out of our mouth. I say all the time, you know, there are people who talk about, oh, you know, the the, the faith message or the prosperity message or whatever kind of message it is, and we get all these things so twisted up sometimes because we get into uh, this thing about, oh, just deny, Uh, you know, my leg hurts hurts, but I'm, 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 I'm going to deny it. No, it's not that you're denying it. It's just where is your focus? You know, I told, I told the Filipino Fellowship this, this uh, last night, it was Sunday morning to them. I said, listen, if you have 16 hours a day that you're awake, if you're awake for 16 hours a day, that's, that goes for some of us. Well, some of you guys, I might not be awake that many hours, but 16 hours a day, and you have some issue where your, your, your knee is hurting. And for 14 of those hours, what comes out of your mouth is, boy, my leg hurts. I can't believe this. My leg is, is, is just terrible. I don't know what's going to happen. It's always going to be this way. My leg hurts. I don't know what I'm going to do. Boy, I need some more leave. How many leave do I have to take? I need to set up an appointment with the doctor. I need to do this. And that's 14 hours. And then two hours is on something else, probably not even on the word or God. Guess what? Yeah, your leg is going to continue to hurt and it's going to get worse. I'm not telling you to deny the fact that your leg hurts. All I'm saying is out of a 16-hour day, sure, spend two hours saying, you know what, my leg hurts, because it does. But spend the other 14 hours talking about what a healer God is. How, he, how when he died on the cross by his stripes, I was healed. Like Peter said, I was healed. I, my leg hurts, but you know what? God is a healer. God is not only able, but he's willing to heal my body. God is a restorer. He will restore me whole. This is what needs to come out of our mouth. So it's not about denying. It's about where your focus is. There, is a, a, there are facts that are before us, but we need to understand that there is a reality, a spiritual reality, a heaven where God lives in the spirit realm. And this is the one who created everything, including your enemy. He created your enemy. He understands all of those things. So don't think that God doesn't understand when you go through things. But we have to realize, like Satan does, that there is a favor hedge around you. And very often when these things continue to happen to us, we can't blame God for it. We've allowed a breach in the hedge. Sometimes it's by us talking 14 hours a day. You know how powerful your words are? You can speak to your hedge. You can speak to it. You can speak to it. And your words are like a hammer or like some clippers. I guess I should use that analogy because we're talking about a hedge. And your words are like clippers. And they keep going and they keep going until you've made a hole in your hedge. Because all day long, all you've talked about is the negative thing. Sure, acknowledge it and then start talking about the goodness of God and how his favor is upon you. This favor hedge that we're talking about, it's built by recognizing, come on, and believing and receiving and declaring the favor of God. It is upon my life. That's what we should be declaring. It requires, and this is important, this is important. It requires a mindset that believes God's favor is for me. We must believe that. We have to settle it in our heart. God's favor is for me. I believe that God's favor is before me. I know I like to use all these sports analogies. I, uh, I, I really apologize to you guys who are not really into sports. But every comeback that I've ever seen, I've seen some teams that have been down a lot of points in whatever game it was, whether it's soccer, football, basketball, or whatever. And you look at this game and you go, man, these guys, this game, I mean, these girls, whatever it may be, this game is over. I mean, they have just played terrible up to this point, but guess what? There's still five minutes left on the clock, and all of a sudden, they're in the huddle, and they're going, we are not going down like this. We we believe. We know that we're better than this, and all of a sudden, they come back out on that court. They come back out on that field, and there's like a new person and, they, and, they, and, the, and the momentum, come on, old Mo starts going with them, and they start scoring buckets, they start scoring touchdowns, they start scoring goals, and at the same time, the other team can't even, they can't buy a bucket, right? They're blocking everything. Right. And and it's because they believed in their heart and they began to speak it to each other and they began to encourage each other. Sometimes we need to believe it in our heart. We need to speak it to each other. We need to encourage each other. If your brother or sister is down, those of you who are more spiritual, the Bible says, go and lift them up start encouraging them don't just go man i can't believe i can't believe sister sharon's going through that wow that is just something isn't it Ha! did you know what sister sharon's going through teacher oh my god it's something i don't know somebody needs to pray for her i don't know come on on. on. and and i would say pray for her but don't stop there (laughs) go over and encourage her do what you can I remember one time i was i was i was in church and I was uh the keyboard player for this church and We'd all meet in the pastor's office, and we'd pray before service. And he'd call in, you know, different people—a person from the music team, or a person from uh, this team, or whatever team—and we'd go in and uh, we'd pray. And he'd say, "Well, what prayer requests do we have that we can pray for, guys?" And and then uh, somebody'd say, "Well, this is happening with Sister So and So, or whatever," and we would pray for it. And one time, you know, a lady came in. They used to call it—they uh, didn't call it an electric bill. We used to call it a light bill when I was growing up. The light bill. I know it was more than lights but for whatever reason we call it the light bill and he said you know uh sister sister smith uh you know uh she she came and and, and was talking about her light bill is three months past due and um you know the pastor said his name i won't say it but the pastor said well how much is it and it was 180 dollars. three months well, not 180 dollars a month it was 180 dollars total and so we said all right so and so somebody just started praying the pastor didn't even pray he just, I, I was, we were praying, and I kind of something told me. I just kind of looked up, and he was, he's a, he was a big man, and uh, still there in Columbus, Ohio. He's a big man. He, he was just standing there, looking, <laughs> just looking at us. This guy was praying too, man. He was like, "Oh Lord, send the money from on high, that her, you know, give favor, have the, have the light bill people change, you know, their mind that she owes or whatever." And we got done praying. He said. All y'all reach in your pocket, go get a lady $180 so she can pay her light bill. What are we doing? Sometimes we want to be so spiritual and pray, and we just need to speak to it or just do it. God has given us the power to do it. He's given us common sense. He's given us wisdom. He's given us, and I I know I always talk about it, and I know God God is a spirit. God is spirit. I know that. So we are spiritual people, no doubt about it. There are spiritual things that are going on even right now in this service. There are spiritual things, but we cannot forget that God is a practical God and God gives us, uh, He, he lays it out for us. If you do this, this will happen. If you do this, and see, it's funny to me because people rely on science so much. Well, I, I rely on science, you know, and uh, because science is something that I can see. You know, God invented all that. God was the first one to say, if then else statements, for those of you who go to college. If then else, if you do this, that will happen. Else this. <laughs> he was the first one to say it, okay? If you do that, this will happen. And so we have to realize in our heart, we have favor. And if we just follow God's plan, we wouldn't have to pray about so much stuff. Now, listen, I, listen, don't, 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 you know, don't throw tomatoes. We didn't give out any tomatoes, did we Beth? Don't throw tomatoes or eggs, you know, but just think about it for a moment. The Bible says we ought to pray without ceasing. You know, good and well, I'm, I'm not telling you not to pray. We absolutely should pray. We should always stay in prayer. It's our communication with God. But sometimes I think we just pray about things that God is saying, why are you talking to me about this? Just do it. Just do it. I've given you the wisdom. I've given you the means. I've given you the provision. And we want to pray about things that God pray about prayers that God's already answered. We have to realize we have the favor edge, and especially as it comes to relating to one another. Listen, we all, I'm looking in the mirror, we're all bad with that sometimes when it comes to relating to one another and praying for each other. We should, we should, but we should do more than just pray for one another. Sometimes people ask for prayer and that's all they want from you, but you know, good and well, you can go beyond that and do more for them. We must do it. Why? Because we have the hedge of favor upon us. God has given us the hedge of favor. Satan said these words You have blessed. The work of his hands. Can I tell you something this morning? God has blessed the work of your hands. And sometimes when things don't work out right, and when you can't do it right, it it's really boils down to you don't believe that you can do it. If you go into a thing saying, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm going to try it, but I really don't know. I don't know how she's going to react. I don't know if I'm going to get this job. I don't know if I can really perform. I don't know if I can get the spreadsheet done. I don't know if I can get, uh, you know, even a C on the test. I had to get on to my son about that, you know, and my daughter, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm just going to try to do the best I can on the test. Well, that's great, but your attitude in your head is down like this while you're saying you're going to do the best you can. Are you really? Are you really? We have to believe what Satan believes, that there is favor upon you. There is favor upon you. The favor of God, we know, you and I both know that it starts with receiving Christ. We must have that relationship believing that the gospel is the ultimate favor you want to know why because the gospel is not just about the cross the, God, the, the gospel, the cross is, is the starting point, but the gospel is the good news of the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things, God's economic system, God's healing power. It's his way of doing things. And that's what we have to understand. Romans 5, 2 says, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. You have it. You have undeserved privilege. That's where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. This is a positive outlook. It doesn't say only when it's sunny or only when things are going well. This has to be our default attitude at all times. At all times, uh, in, the, in God's word translation, it says, through Christ, we can approach God and stand in his favor. Watch this. It says, so we brag because of our confidence that we will receive glory from God. We brag on God to the praise and the glory of his grace, Ephesians 1, 6 says, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. You are accepted and you have favor. We have the favor of God through grace. And we have to understand that your mindset matters. This is what I'm trying to get to you as we, as we finish this series. Your mindset matters. This is a thing where you can't just sit back and say, okay, God, uh, we'll see what you do. No, God's sitting back saying, listen, I've done the work. Have you seen what I did in six days? Did you see what I did in six days? all the stuff I created, have you looked at all the little intricacies uh, of just the earth? I'm not even talking about the galaxy. I'm not even talking about the universe. I'm just talking about on earth. I'm not even talking about the whole earth. I'm just talking about in Indiana. Have you, have you looked around, you know, and, and seen the intricacies? Why do cicadas only come out every 17 years? I, I don't know. I don't understand. There's so many things So many things that God has done that I I don't understand. You know, I mean, it's so intricate. It's like a a tapestry of things that God has done. Have you considered your own body? How your heart beats without having to be plugged in? You know, how, how, how your brain thinks? Your mental capacity, how your brain is, you know, what do they say about the brain? It can hold more than a supercomputer. It's our own supercomputer. Have we thought about these little things? I mean, there's millions of things that way. And so the creator of the universe has made us and placed favor upon us. And so your mindset about this whole thing matters. It's a, your mindset is what? A set of assumptions, okay? It, it, motivations held by one or more persons or groups of people or just you. It's your mindset. What is your mindset? What is your mindset? A mindset is built upon uh, assumptions and a mindset that's built upon wrong assumptions will live a terrible life. But be transformed, Romans 2 says. You don't think your mind matters, Romans 12, 2. You don't think your mind matters. Your mind matters. What you think matters. It absolutely matters. You know, Paul told the Corinthians, he said, listen, let every thought be captive to Christ, to the obedience of Christ. Why would he say that if your mindset and your thoughts didn't matter? Romans 12, 2 says, be not conformed to this world. You know it very well, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. Your mind matters. What you think matters. What do you think? What do you think about yourself? What do you think God thinks about when he thinks about you? What do you think that God thinks about when he thinks about you? Your mindset matters. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Come on. <laughs> Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day, day by day, day by day. We're being renewed. And so what we think matters. There used to be this character. I think it was on Sesame Street. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. But I, and I used to look at him and I said, you know, a lot of people have the Eeyore mindset. Anybody ever remember that? Winnie the, Pooh. Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, it was Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. That's right. That's right, Patty. Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Eeyore. Oh, Pooh. You know, he used to say <laughs> it, it, everything to him was, he was gloomy. He was depressed, pessimistic attitude. You remember that? Some of the kids now may not remember Eeyore. I might have known, after all, one can't complain I mean, at least I have my friends. Somebody spoke to me yesterday, so that's a plus. (laughs) But there's always something going on. That's the ER mindset, and some of us have that ER mindset. Well, at least, you know, the sun came out for 10 minutes today, so, you know. Listen, things are beautiful. Life is beautiful. (laughs) Life is beautiful. We can't have that ER mindset. That's why God said, renew your mind, (laughs) Renew your mind, a new biblical mindset about who we are in Christ and a mindset that sees and believes God's favor is on us and increasing upon us is necessary for us. You know, Genesis 12, 2 in the Amplified says, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you with abundant increase and favors. Make your name great. He's talking to Abraham here and famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing to others. This is why, so this is the why. This is why God has put a favor hedge around you so that you will be blessed and you can bless others. Doesn't it come back to relationships? God's favor, his special affection is upon us. God's favor turns my weeping into joy. God's favor marks me with his peculiar signature of special grace to succeed. You ever seen somebody who you just can't understand how they succeed? You know, it's like I do the same thing. In fact, I work harder than them. There are times, there are times when even hard work, again, just like prayer, I'm not telling you, you don't have to work hard. You absolutely should work hard. But there are times when even your hard work is not going to get you to the place where you need to be. Brother Steve reminded me of something earlier this week. Think about Joseph. No amount of hard work could have ever gotten Joseph to be where he was, to be second in the land to Pharaoh. No, it was the favor of God. It was because he obeyed God. Whatever God said do, that's what he did. And the hard work came when God told me to do something. I did that with all of my might. So you can do a lot of hard work that amounts to nothing. You can say, I've been doing all this work. Yeah, but did God tell you to do that work? Or what was it? It doesn't matter. You can do all the hard work over here and it's not going to bring any fruit. But God will tell you, throw your net down on this side of the boat. Look, I, you know, listen, I understand that you're Jesus, you know, and you were the word in the beginning was the word, but I'm a fisherman. OK, I've been doing this all my life. We have already tried it. There is no fish over here. That's how we talked to. I know we're in Indiana, Indiana University, but he said there is no fish on this side. So, all right, but at your word, I'll do it. Greatest catch they ever had just because they obeyed Jesus. Just because they obeyed Jesus. And that's what we have to do. God's favor. God's favor for us. It it goes before us. And it overtakes us wherever we go. God's favor can bring supernatural increase and promotion. God's favor removes the mountains from your path. That's what his favor does. That's how important the favor hedge is. God's favor opens doors for me that no man can shut. And God's favor also shuts doors where the enemy is trying to get in, where the enemy can't get to me. Revelation 3 said, I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door <laughs> and no one can shut it. For you have little strength, but you have kept my word and have not denied my name. You have not denied my name. That's why my favor is upon you. The biggest thing about the favor hedge and the biggest thing about the hedge period out of Job chapter one, verse 10, is for us to believe. Now, this is going to sound funny, but for us to believe what Satan believes about us. Isn't that funny? For us to believe what Satan believes because he confessed it. Now, the question is this. Are you bold enough to confess it or do you have the Eeyore mindset? Do you believe that there is a hedge about you? Do you believe what Satan is saying? God has blessed you and you can't lose. And the only way you're going to lose is if you allow a breach in the hedge. Let us be a people that change our mindset. Let us be a people who understand that God's favor is upon us. And grace, Grace. listen, grace, it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes because we're so used to getting what we deserve we're so used to working for everything and earning everything that we get that when it comes to the grace and the favor of god sometimes it's hard to swallow but i'm here to tell you this morning that god doesn't want your works he doesn't want your independent works god wants your heart and if he gets your heart he'll have your obedience And if he gets your obedience, boy, his favor is upon you. And guess what? Satan's words, the father of lies, his words now ring true. You can't lose. You are a people this morning that can't lose. I just want you to believe that. And I want you to speak it. Here's the last thing. I'll leave you with this. I want you to believe it. And I know that you may say, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Mike, I'll believe it. But see, it's not proving anything to me that you believe it. It's not proving anything to your husband or your wife or your parents or your kids that you believe it. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look in the mirror, <laughs> and I want you to say, "You, you, 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 you have the favor of the Lord." And don't start. And the enemy's going to start throwing stuff. Well, remember yesterday, you did this thing and you said that thing wrong. Reject all of that, but you didn't do all of those things. Absolutely. But I want you for a moment sometime this week to look in the mirror and say, you have the favor of God upon you. You have God's grace upon you and your favor hedge is strong. It matters what you think and what you say out of your mouth.